So we're in this series now about uh, the, the sound of rain, the sound of worship. This is the last in the series, and we're going to talk about the sound, say the sound of unity. Woo. The sound of unity. Second Chronicles chapter 7, some of this we have, we have talked about before. But uh, in second, uh, chapter 7, verse 1 through 3, then Solomon had finished praying. When Solomon had finished praying, how many love it when the fire comes down? How many believe the fire did come down? Fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering, the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Wow. Filled the temple. And the priests could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. Wow. When all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshiped. How many know they didn't do it in a whisper? And worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, for he is good. And his mercy. If you don't have anything else to say, I think you're in good Bible terms right there. You see, everything in the temple had to be. Listen, God doesn't fall on disorder. So when everything was in order, the fire fell. That's not man's order. His order. Look at another story. We t- this came up in our sermons, Second Chronicles chapter 20, 21 and 22. And when uh, Jehoshaphat had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. And as they went out before the army, that's that crazy thing where the band, the band goes first. <laughs> And as they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. If you don't know the whole story, go there. But as they praised the Lord, they didn't have to fight the battle. They just had to sing the song. And I'm telling you, you don't have to fight the battle Just praise the Lord. And in this case, he set ambushes. Father, in Jesus' name, I just want to thank you and praise you. I know that you're my rock and my salvation, and you're going to bless this word as it goes forth. In Jesus' powerful name, we pray. Amen. And the church says, amen. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Unity. There's so much. We could preach a whole series on this. It was the Holy Spirit that hovered over chaos and brought things into order on the day of creation. Amen? In Moses' tabernacle, everything had to be, all the furniture had to be set and anointed, and then the fire fell. On the day of Pentecost, they were all in one accord, and that's not a Honda, they were all in one accord, in one place, and the Holy Spirit. How many believe the Holy Spirit would not have fallen if James and John were still fussing? No, no, no. They they had to figure it out. Listen, a little conflict in churches is not bad as long as we can figure it out because God will help us through it. And we just find God's will, not our will. I think we can have perfect unity if we all would just do God's will. Instead of what we want. The problem is they play the God card and say, God told me. You heard about that service? I call it the dueling prophets. It didn't happen in our church, but it happened in a church. And one side, they were fussing, they were feuding. And one, one sat on one side, the other, and they began to prophesy against each other. Back and forth, thus saith the Lord. And then they come, thus saith the Lord. And, they were... and finally, one got up and said, bye, 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 whatever the prophecy was, and says, and says, thus saith the Lord, I will speak no more, and sat down. 
got to be smart about these prophecies. <laughs> God does not contradict himself. Amen. Oh, that's, that's enough of that. But listen, what the, how many want the word? Oh, I'm going to give you some words, so hang on. There's a lot of reading right here, but hang on. Okay, Proverbs chapter 6. Uh, these six things, say six things, the Lord hates. Do you know the Lord hates some things? Ooh, let's list them, yeah. A proud look, a lion tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. Hello, abortionist. A heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that are swift in running to evil. A false witness who speaks lies. And one who sows discord among brethren. How about John chapter 17, verse 20? Jesus says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will, Journey Life Center, believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. My, 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 my. Verse 23, and the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one, I and them, you and me, that they may be perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have, I think I already read something like that. Okay. First Corinthians, oh, it came up twice. All right. Now, I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. And that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Ooh. By the way, someone just said in their spirit, there must be something going on in the church. Preacher is preaching on unity. No. I'm preaching about unity because... Whew, it's a process, and to the level we can reach it, that's the level God will send the glory. There must be unity in this house for us to experience our service like we've already. There must be unity in a house where this many people came up here and say, I want my loved one. You know, there's some people, some churches, they don't invite their family to come to church because they're embarrassed. Because their family, if they saw what was going on in the church, they would never get saved. That was free. Maybe I should bring the ushers back. You ought to pay for that. Amen. Oh, Jesus. Uh, where was I? That you may be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment, right? All right. Next verse. I'm lost. Titus 3 9. There I am. But avoid foolish disputes, genealogies, contentions, strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and useless. Don't debate people. You know, one of the greatest miracles would be on Facebook is to post something and actually convince someone. Can you imagine putting something on Facebook and actually change somebody's mind? Quit trying. Reject a divisive man after the first and second admonition, knowing that such a person is warped and sinning, being self-condemned. Hello, Paul. You know, these are the verses you never read. James. Let's talk. What does James say? We heard Jesus. We heard Paul. James. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Wow. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. I don't have to preach this morning. I'll just keep reading. What does John say? In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us 
and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. For no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. Don't, don't treat people bad and claim to be a Christian. Don't treat people bad and say Jesus lives in you. Let's go back to Paul, Galatians chapter 5. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. And some of these we go, yeah, amen. And some of these are like, oh, I'm guilty. You want to know the works of the flesh? Adultery? Fornication is still a sin. I need an amen. Okay. I wasn't implying you're guilty. I just wanted an amen. I... It just dawned on me. Maybe she'd feel awkward. Okay. Uncleanness. Lewdness. Uh-huh. Idolatry. Sorcery. Hatred. So we're good so far, right? Contentions, jealousies. This is the same list with adultery. Outbursts of wrath. Selfish ambition. Dissensions, heresies. The list goes on. Envy, murders, okay, drunkenness, some of you need to start paying attention, revelries, and the like. See, Paul says, and the like, because anytime you make a list, people just check the list and say, I'm okay. There's that other, loop, there's that other sin called loopholes. Mm-hmm. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now that's pretty strong, Pastor Paul. I didn't say it. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Some people say there ought to be a Uh, A colon after that because the other eight are expressions of love. So you read it any way you want. But love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. You practice those nine, you're good. Something's good in you. Has anybody got me here? Anybody got me here? Amen. So let's get to our points. That was just the introduction. You are created in the image of God. Let us, let us make them in our image. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. One of the proofs of the Trinity is if God were just one person, would he not be lonely? How can God fellowship if he's just one person? Now, there's not three gods, but it's three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They fellowship with each other, and what they had, they want you to share in. Woo, glory to God. That's proof of the Trinity. Oh, you Jesus-only people, amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. If God were not three persons, who would he even talk to? When you talk to yourself, it means you need to be medicated. I don't believe God needs medication. 
But he speaks to himself because he has three. I don't understand three persons, not three. I don't understand how Jesus came in the flesh. We're going to talk. We're going to blow your mind with these next two messages, how he came to be in the flesh. But but uh, uh, but listen, if if the if the Trinity has unity and we're made in the in the image of the of the. mm, He said, well, then what's causing divisions and and angers and strife and families and churches? The devil. Come on, we know where it's from. The first two brothers, one killed the other one. At least no one's killing each other here. Praise God. In this world, that's a miracle. People are killing each other all over the place. The Trinity desires unity. The Father desires unity. Unity, James 4 and 5. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealousy? He's jealous. When you, when you, he's jealous when you have another lover. I'm talking about in the spirit realm. When there's another God, when there's something more important, the father becomes jealous. That you're spending more time. That, that coming to the house of the Lord is just something you do when you have time. And we don't prioritize. Lord, you know it's only going to get tougher. Are you sure? Yeah, okay. <laughs> what about the Son? The Son, Jesus. Ephesians 2, verse 13, right? But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Glory to God. Watch this. Come on. For he himself is our peace, Jesus, who has made both and has broken down the middle wall of partition so that we can be one. Come on. Having abolished in his flesh and on the cross the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in order. See, the only, the only good thing about commandments is they tell you when you're wrong. But commandments can't save you. So as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. This is, this is Jesus. That he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death. He, didn't just, he killed it. He killed the animosity between us. He killed the enmity between us. Can I get an amen? Verse, I think, 19. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. (laughs) Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. In whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. You're the building blocks, the bricks, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Why does God want unity? Because it's the building where He lives. And when we, some bricks have legs, and they just, they just go off and do their own thing. I'm building my own little building over here. No, no. He said, he said if I'm going to live among you, I'm going to live in a building. And he's not talking about a physical building. He's talking about the unity. So the more unity there is in the house, I believe the more presence of God we will enjoy. Even if you don't like so-and-so, you ought to love them anyway for your own sake. I'm preaching to your carnality now, but if it works, it works. How many are with me? How many are with me? I know this is a tough one, but we're going to preach it anyway. Yes, Lord. Amen. Where am I? What about, what about the Spirit? What about the Holy Spirit? Ephesians 4, verse 29. 
You can't ever say, I don't give you word. <laughs> Let no corrupt. That Greek word could, could be corrupting. Don't let anything out of your mouth that tears down. Proceed out of your mouth. But what should come out of your mouth is what is good for necessary edification. But before you speak, you need to ask yourself, does this build up or does it tear down? Not that we don't confront people. Sin has to be confronted, not buried. We're not talking about burying sin. Sometimes, and boy, that's hard nowadays because people do not like to be corrected. Hello, Facebook. Just, just contradict somebody. Watch the likes moan up or the dislikes. Unity is never reached through compromise. Otherwise, what, what, what the Catholic Church is trying to do and the World Council of Churches, what they're trying to they're trying to bring all the churches together. And when I mean churches, I mean temples and mosques too. Let's all come together. That's not unity. That's man's mm, attempt at religion which stinks in the nostrils of God. We're never going to have unity through compromise. Sin must be confronted. Amen. We can't have unity unless we all start repenting. Oh, come on and praise the Lord. What did I just say about intensity? <laughs> How many believe I preach intensively? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That it may impart. Do you realize what comes out of your mouth imparts something? Imparts grace to the hearers. You can impart grace through your words or you can impart disruption and, and violence and anger. Come on. Jesus said if you, if you hate your brother, you kill him. Well, I lost it there. That includes family members, by the way. Verse 31, I think. Oh, right, wait, wait. And do not, here it is, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, we, the old timers, we, we preach this all the time. All, right, old timers? Don't grieve the Spirit because we wanted to move in the sanctuary. But what we... Th <laughs> What they used to preach grieving the Spirit was women wearing pants. You know, that was grieving the Spirit. The young people are like, what? Oh, y'all haven't lived till you've heard the old clothesline sermons. Woo-ha! That was a huh back then. How many remember the clothesline sermons? Yeah, it was all about the women. Men can wear about anything. When I first got saved, my best friend, he, was, he loved the ladies. And I, meant that in, I mean that in a good way. He, he, he did it in a holy way. But he just, he always, he, he just appreciated women, and, and the ladies loved him for it. And he would just look and say, oh, that's a good-looking girl. Like, I said, Vince, don't, don't. And he said, no, no, God made her. God made her, and I'm just appreciating God's creation. Okay, Vince. He's happily married now. Hallelujah. Probably still appreciating God's creation, but hopefully his wife understands. Amen. But listen, grieving the Spirit, if you put it in context, we, we grieve the Spirit when we don't get along with each other. We grieve the Spirit when we go one way and in the church goes. We grieve the Spirit when we fuss and bother and, and treat each other badly. Come on. When we gossip about each other, when we tear each that's what's going to grieve the Spirit more than some of these other things that happen in the church. Ah. The only people Jesus got upset with were church people. 
He got along fine with the prostitutes. He got along fine with the common people. He got along fine with everybody else, with lepers. <laughs> he was fine with them. It was the church authorities that he got angry with. He was grieved. Wow. Because pastors, leaders were leading their churches. Oh, the spirit gets grieved. Are you okay? Can I go on? Can I go on? Yeah, please, please go on. <laughs> well, here's, here's this next point. Unity uncovers those who aren't with us. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. By the way, let all that be gone. Okay. First of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. And in part, I believe it. People say, I want a first century church. Well, they fuss too. There must also be factions among you that those, there must also, must, what? Be factions. He said, in other words, it's going to happen that those who are approved may be recognized among you. Wow. Unity identifies who's really okay and those who are maybe put in the church to divide us. How many believe the enemy will put plants? People who aren't really saved, who claim to be wolves in sheep's clothing, to come into the house of God and cause division. But last point is this. You thought this was going to be an hour long, didn't you? It's what the world needs. And maybe, that, maybe that, this is the point that that we need to get to because this morning God says, I have a burden. Jesus has a, he's at the right hand of the Father right now interceding for your loved ones. And like I said earlier, some people, they go to churches where they can't invite their friends and family. You know, it would, it would just be a, a, a horrible experience. They're not going to get saved in that church. How many believe you can bring your friends and family here and they're going to be accepted for who they are and at the same time challenged to make the changes. Wow. Wow. Not because God hates them, but because God loves them. I, listen, I believe this. Sometimes, sometimes we talk about the wrath, the wrath of God, right? But I believe the wrath of God is really an expression of his love. He loves us so much that he's willing to let us go. He's willing to let us run down that road to destruction. So we finally wake up. And, and some of your family members, I don't want to be a Christian. Look how horrible my life is. Look at all the bad things. Yeah, he's trying to get your attention. Be careful when you say, whatever it takes. He'll take that literally. And things will get worse before they get better. But don't give up. It's not about what you see. It's about the end result. Just keep trusting Him. Just keep believing Him. Amen. If it has to get worse, let it get worse. Let, let things happen. They're in God's hands. And God will not allow total destruction upon them. The, he will continue to press them by His wrath to demonstrate His love. How many believe I need to preach that whole thing out? <laughs> Not today. Not today. 1 John chapter 3, verse 14. I'm almost done. We know that we have passed. How do you know you're saved? Pass, how do people know you're saved? We have passed from death to life because we joined the church. Because we pay our tithes. Huh. Because we serve on a, on a, on a serve team. Because we're... We, I go to small groups. We know we've passed from death to life. By the way, I'm for all that stuff. But how do we know? Because we love the brethren. I know you're saved because you love me. And I know it's not easy. Y'all think it's easy to love you. 
but you should walk a mile in our shoes. How many know it's not easy to love everybody? Some people are a pure challenge. Some people deliberately put up roadblocks. Come on. They've been hurt. Hurt people hurt people. It's the hurt people that hurt people. Understand that. And when you understand that, then you can be more, more loving and more caring and more patient towards them. Because, you know, just they've been hurt and they put up walls. But we know we've passed from death to life because we love the brethren. It doesn't mention sisters, but I assume, I know. He who does not love his brother abides in death. That's pretty strict. How many know that's pretty tight? What does Paul say? Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. I feel like my whole life is just trying to be worthy of what he says I am. So that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. And not in any way, any way terrified by your adversaries. I ain't afraid of no devils. Ghosts either. Which is to them a proof of perdition. But to you of salvation and that from God. Wow. Which is to them a proof of perdition. You know why people get so angry when you testify lovingly to them? You're not saying you're all that. You're just telling them about Jesus. They're automatically under conviction, aren't they? I didn't say, I didn't say you got to quit that, but they know they got to quit that. How do you deal with gay people? You love them. You don't have, when you say I'm a Christian, you've already communicated something. <laughs> you don't need to fuss at them. You just, you just love on them. They're, they're probably never going to get saved because you fuss at them. They're, they'll probably never get saved. Oh, my God. You say, well, I, uh, listen, people really don't, some people get saved by, by fear of hell. But I promise you, they don't stay saved because of a fear of hell. Sooner or later, they find out about the love of God. If you got to scare someone into salvation, I have a word for you. Keep scaring them. Because they're never, as soon as they stop fearing hell, they'll be back doing what they've always done. But when they experience the goodness of God, it leads to repentance. We need to love the world. Sometimes you got to lay it, that, lay it out. If they ask you, you got to tell them about whatever you got to do. But first of all, you've got to love them. If they don't think you love them, have you, have you any chance of reaching them? Not really. Not really. Not really. They used to stand on the street corners with these signs. You're going to hell. I see it on the highways. You're going to hell. What? Is anybody hitting the brakes? I need to repent right now. No, they look at that sign and they curse. <laughs> Blankety blank Christians. What? Like I said before, the only people Jesus was mad at were church people. You never catch Jesus being mad, angry at a sinner. Although the church people were sinners, so I guess there's that. Help me, Jesus. I'm not getting enough help here. I need it here. Let's, let's finish this up. John 17, verse 2. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him, the Father to Jesus, right? For, let's keep going. 
And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Wow. And I have glorified you on the earth. This is the Father talking to the Son. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. I'm, I'm sorry, the Son to the Father. And now, O oh Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world was. That's a lot of glory. I have manifested your name to the men you have given me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Woo. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them the words which you have given me, and they have received them and have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. This is Jesus. He's praying. Did you ever want, did you ever want to hear Jesus pray? Here it is. I pray for them. How many believe he's praying for you? I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. Ooh, glory. And all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Can we all work together? Now I'm no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I'm come to you, Holy Father. Keep them through your name, those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are, the Trinity. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept, and none of them is lost except Judas, that the Scripture might be fulfilled. Wow. Even Judas was a fulfillment of, of Scripture. Oh, that'll preach. Sometimes you have to put up with Judas in your midst. Sometimes you have to appoint a Judas. And they're done now. Okay, but now, but now I am come to you, and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy woo, fulfilled in themselves. Are you still with me? I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Yeah. Yeah. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world, just like Jesus. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I, I also have sent them. You're sent like Jesus was sent on Christmas. Wow, that's powerful. Verse 19. As for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. Wow. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those family members who will believe in me. Through your word, wow, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Oh, this is powerful stuff. And the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be just as we are, wow, I in them, you in me, that they may be made perfect in one. Do you think the Father has a hard time with this concept? <laughs> I don't know. Jesus just keeps saying it over and over in different ways. That the world may know, that the world may know, that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Our unity tells the world there's something going on that is supernatural. And when Christians fuss and feud... My God, all the denominations, all the, uh, we, we, why can't we just put the cart before the horse and love, just, listen, when I, when I see someone, I don't care what denomination, I, 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 do you know Jesus? I'm not going to argue about doctrine. We could talk about it if they want, but listen, what's more important is do you know Jesus? If you know Jesus, you're my brother. I don't care if you're Baptist or Presbyterian. You can be Catholic if you know Jesus. 
You're my brother. Let's start acting like brothers and sisters. I don't care if they speak in tongues. Do they know Jesus? Glory to God. Oh, my Lord, I feel him in the house. Jesus. It's what the world needs. We want more. If you're not working on unity, you may be working against it. Unity doesn't just happen. It happens when church people are deliberate and, and, and intense about it. And, and what's the word? Intentional. Unity needs to be something intentional. I, I like to say when you get up in the morning, the best thing you can do is say, good morning, Holy Spirit. If you don't do anything else, just, just say, good morning, Holy Spirit. And maybe your first prayer is, and help me to get along with my family. Help me to love uncle. Oh. And those church people, Lord, help me to love them. Because you'll never win your family unless they know you love them. That you truly care that we may be one as he is one. Is this okay? You know, every once in a while, we need to, we need to hear this. The unity has a sound. On the day of Pentecost, there was a sound of a mighty rushing wind because 120 people were together for 10 days. Can you imagine? Oh, shut up. Somebody tell me how to mute this thing. I don't Maybe it's the Holy Spirit. I don't know. Yeah, actually, it came up, Acts 2, 1 and 4. <laughs> My Apple Watch has just been converted. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. We'll count it as a soul saved. Stand to your feet. On the day of Pentecost. There might, I don't know, there might be 200 here today. What if, what if we lock the doors? We'll bring in food. We'll bring in some water. But what if we locked you in here for 10 days? We would either, either revival would break out or we would kill each other. Can you imagine 120 people not knowing? Listen, all Jesus said was, go, go to the upper room and wait. He didn't say how long. He didn't tell them what to do. He just said, go wait. And I'm sure they kept, but Pastor Peter, what are we doing? It's been seven days. And Peter would just say, just keep praising him. Just, just keep praying for each other. You know, there were thousands of believers, but only 120 in the upper room. Wow. You know, Mary was there and all the disciples, the 12, and anyway, 120. And I just believe after 10 days, they found a place of unity. And the Bible says, and when they were all in one accord, in one place, and of the same mind, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not fall on chaos. It does not fall on disorder. It does not fall on disharmony. And it says that they were as if they were drunk. Because real praise is intense. 
Unity will bring us to a place of intensity. That's why sometimes you got to quote that scripture, Bless the Lord, O my soul. That, that's literally you talking to yourself. That's you telling yourself, I don't feel like it, but I'm going to bless him anybody, anyway. I'm going to praise him anyway, even though I don't feel like it. And you know what? I'm going to get intense about it. I'm going to raise my arms till they hurt. I'm going to shout. My, 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 my old choir director, when we first got said, he said, he said if, by the time the preacher gets up, if you're not tired from singing, you haven't praised the Lord. So I qualified this morning. Hallelujah. You need, to, you need to be intense in your praise. Amen. And if we all did that and we all operated in that kind of unity. I didn't, I, unity doesn't mean putting up with a bunch of junk. But it means working out the junk and coming together with people you don't even know sometimes. I don't know about you. It's enough to know you're my brother and you're my sister. That's enough for me to love you. In fact, if you don't know Jesus, I love you too. But I'm talking about the unity in the house of God. I challenge you now every morning. If you're not intentional about unity, what can I do to, what can I do to have unity with my fellow brothers and sisters in and out of the church? What can I do? Have a plan. Think about it. Be intentional about it. Because on the one hand, we're crying, oh, God, send revival. And God says, I ain't send nothing down there in that mess. You wonder why it falls on Sunday and it's gone by Monday? No unity. The presence of God has to, has to pin itself on something. Whew. If you want to hold it, there has to be Unity. Say, Pastor, I can't be blessed. No, you can be blessed to some degree. But there, listen to me. There is what, what's called corporate anointing. There's a lid on the house. You can actually hold other people down. Because everyone can only rise... You know, you can rise individually in the presence of the Lord, but sometimes you're, you keep hitting a ceiling because corporately, maybe everyone else is pulling you down. But if we can corporately just love one another, wow. And that means not just saying, love you, man. We do that, oh, love you, man. Yeah, I guess. But sometimes God gives opportunities, Whew. like an offering, like somebody you don't even know that's hurting, like God telling you in the aisles of Walmart that someone needs prayer, caring about someone who's struggling with bags at the door, or whatever it might be. See, love and unity are the same thing. You can't have unity without loving people, and you can't love people without unity because if you don't have unity, you'll start tearing each other down. Am I, am I making sense? Is this message okay? I, maybe it's not a shouting message, but we need to hear this sort of thing because it's not about just coming in here and singing. It's about having a unity and a corporate unity that rises. So the glory, I like to think of this, these things as glory. <laughs> in the old church, they used to talk about swinging from the chandeliers. We're a little high for that, but some of you might catch some of these. Wouldn't advise it. And it's a lot easier. You don't have to walk on the backs of the chairs. You can just walk on the tables. Some of you don't have any idea what I'm talking about. Come on, old school people. Y'all know what I'm talking about. People used to, oh, man, it was, we, we've had some wild services. I should preach a whole sermon on the wild services. Amen. And just share some of the crazy things that have happened over the years. 
literally, literally having to drive people, having a designated driver because they literally could not drive home. Laying, laying on the, locking the church and just leaving people on the floor overnight. Come on, church. I tell you, when the power of God begins, it just gets weird. But I'm okay with weird as long as it's the Holy Spirit. I'm not trying to push anything weird. I, I have no agenda here. Whatever the Holy Spirit needs to do to get your attention, I'm okay with it. Amen. Oh, the presence is in this place. It's as if angels are dancing on these things. What are they called? Billows. Billows, I like that. I think there's a song about billows. You know, I have nothing to say, but I just love being here with you. <laughs> just one of those moments where everyone just stand, and I'm going to go to everybody and hug you, and then you can go home. Yeah, I got a yay. I got one yay. The rest of you are like, he's a little weird. <sighs> take, this might be hard, but take someone's hand. Make sure your hand, both your hands are in the hands of somebody else. Find out. Just, unless you're right on the end. Just, just. We used to sing this song in the old church. Grab his hand right here. <laughs> I'm going to make some of you do it. I know, I know you don't want to, you guys don't want to hold another guy's hand. If you have, put your hand on their shoulder. This is not girly church. <laughs> We're not letting you go, Charlie. <laughs> I know. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. Oh, bind us together, Lord. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us. Together with come on, remember this old song. Let's sing. If you don't know it, learn it real quick. It's real simple. Oh, bind us together, Lord. Bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. Bind us. Together, Lord, bind us together and bind us together with love. Now raise those hands. Shout to the Lord. Amen. Woo. <laughs> Hallelujah. Whoever's supposed to dismiss, let's do that right now. Give me a chance to get to the back and greet you on the way out. So good to have you in the Lord. Please make every effort to be here for Christmas. Amen. Brother Jerry's coming. Let's worship the Lord together as we dismiss in prayer. <laughs>